Shoot up in here, amongst us, says Jerry Clower. One of us got to have a little relief. This is hour two. Pull up to the table, have a seat, pour yourself a cup of coffee here, and let's see where it goes. It's a free-for-all Friday, so whatever you want to talk about is fine with me. I don't know why that'd be any different than any other day, but hey, it's Friday. Thank you, Nick. Nick texted the show and said, Happy Friday, Matt. Well, back at you, Nick, from all of us, me and Bill, and even the homecoming queen, half pint, everybody. Happy Friday to you. Hey, Bill, you know what Annabeth said to me this morning? What was that? Just out of nowhere. Uh-oh. We were getting Mary Lady ready for school and normal routine, you know, in the house this morning before we hit the door and stuff. And from across the room, just out of nowhere, she goes, Matt, listen, we haven't been awake for seven hours like you, so we're going to need you to take it down a notch. A little too excited for him. Well, I enjoy the mornings. (laughs) Okay? I enjoy mornings. I really like mornings. I'm ramped up and ready to go in the mornings, and apparently, according to her, I get a little too amped up, loud, and jolly sometimes in the mornings, and every now and then, when you're around people who aren't loud and jolly, they want you to zip it. (laughs) She said that to me this morning. Going to need you to take it down a notch. Or two. <laughs> or two. <laughs> yeah, she she did say that to me. You probably had like a pot of coffee before they got up. I had had a bunch. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'd had a bunch. Having a bunch right now in my nice uh, Yeti mug. For, uh, it says High Point Roasters on the side of it. High Point Roasters. Check them out. Highpointroasters.com. Old Dan the Coffee Man will hook you up with some coffee. Sure will. Mm. Ah, that's good hot coffee. All right, so hour two underway. Uh, a couple of texts here, and then I'm going to throw some stuff at you, see what you think. Uh, unnamed texter said, Matt, what do you know about college baseball getting fully funded 35 scholarships? Here's what I feel like I know. To whom it may concern, because I don't have a uh, name for you here. I think what you'll see is the SEC will be able to do 25 full scholarships in baseball that'll probably be a league number a league limit coming up in the near future i can't be too specific because the specifics aren't there yet is what i'm telling you just know this the transformation committee that's the name of it and the chair of that committee is greg sankey commissioner of the sec who is a de facto NCAA president. He's running college sports right now. He's doing Mark Emmert's job and, and has been. Okay, so he wants this to happen. It's going to happen. They'll vote it in. It'll take, what, a year or two? I don't know if it's two years, three years. Well, I don't know if it'll happen in 2023, but it's going to be sooner than later where the conferences will be able to decide how and how much they're going to do away with the equivalency scholarships, the equivalency model, that's the partial scholarship thing. You remember from the documentary, you got equivalency scholarships. That's where you divide them up, a little of this guy, a little of that one, a little of that one. And then there are, quote-unquote, headcount sports, meaning every person 
full scholarship. Basketball, football. You got 13 basketball players, you got 13 scholarships. You got 85 football players, you got 85 scholarships. But that's not the case in the equivalency. I don't even know why they call it that. But baseball, you got 35 on the team, right? What is it? Uh, what is it? 28. Gosh, I can't believe I'm missing these numbers. 26. You can have 26 guys on some form of scholarship, and you can have up to eight walk-ons for a roster of 35. I think is how that math works. I might be fuzzy, but it's something like that. I, what I'm hearing is that at some point, and again, sooner than later, you're going to hear, okay, this is allowable now. It's up to the conference, and the SEC is probably going to go, okay, in our conference, the SEC, we're going to allow our baseball schools, we'll put a limit, 25 full scholarships available to each school per baseball team. And if they want to have 10 walk-ons, they can do that. But 25 full scholarships. You have 25 full scholarship players. Now, the offset is – Every athletics department, when you add those numbers in men's scholarships for baseball, you got to go add that number in some women's sport. And there will be probably additional full scholarship players added to softball rosters, which I like that. I don't know how a softball coach is going to manage it because they don't need that many players, right? Because the pitchers throw more, you know, uh, currently. You may add them in a women's track and field or something to balance it out for Title IX, but they'll do it. So I don't think it'll be, in the near future, I don't think it'll be 35 full scholarships on a baseball roster in college, but I do think it'll be 25. <laughs> now I see why Nick sent me that. Now, Nick, I just read your text without actually clicking on it a minute ago. Look at that, Bill. The reason he sent me the text that says, Happy Friday, Matt, is because he's at a gas pump somewhere, and 34.8 gallons of gas cost him $180.96. I wonder where he is because I want to avoid that place. What's the math on that, Bill? Hold on. I'll give you the math. Hang on. You know how I'm going to Divide it by four and see how much it is. Well, you know how I'm going to do this, right? I'm going to stall on the radio. Until I can get this punched into my calculator. <laughs> I know it like everybody else does. It's five dollars and twenty cents a gallon. Thirty-four gallon thirty-four point eight gallons, hundred and eighty dollars and ninety-six cents. Yeah, we gotta know where he's at. We can avoid it. Well, and let's see, so five bucks a gallon. Is that diesel right now? Or is diesel more than that? That sounds like a diesel price. Yeah, well and thirty four gallon tank sounds like diesel also. Yeah, it does. Unless he's Unless it's a boat. And then you, well, and look, let's say, okay, a lot of smart people put non-ethanol gas in their boat. Yeah, and that costs more. Costs more. Mm-hmm. But still, you'd have some more offshore boat if you got a 34-gallon, I guess unless you had two, ga- two gas tanks, but which some do. Uh, unnamed texture says, do you believe a lot of state baseball players will transfer yeah, I mean, I think there will be some transfers. I think there will there probably be some that will be encouraged to transfer even. And <clears throat> there will be some coming in. There's going to be – I'll just tell you this. I mean, baseball rosters undergo turnover a lot anyway. You may not recognize State's baseball team this time next year. 
I mean, that's, that's the honest goodness truth, right? You just may not even recognize it. Um, yeah, because it's been a rough, rough deal this year. Good kids, too. Uh, it's just been so rough. It is diesel, by the way. Yeah, I see that. Nick, okay, so. 519 a gallon. 519 a gallon diesel. A 34-gallon tank. Bless your heart, man. That'd be worth staying home. Well, I don't know about that. Got to go, 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 go. Um, Free American said work truck that he filled up yesterday in Jackson, 26 gallons, cost him $120. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, this year, whatever you budgeted for your family vacation last year on the gas portion of that budget, double it. Yeah, they say the average person's paying $5,000 more for gas this year. Yeah. And that's on top of what we're going to come out of our pockets to pay off everybody's student debt, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm so starting to feel like... $5,000 a year for gas when it used to be $2,500. i am starting to feel like none of this is a good deal. <laughs> that's how I'm starting to feel, I'll be honest. We need some of those stickers to put on those tanks. <laughs> man excuse me let me give you uh, another nugget here for funsies I can't believe I just said funsies on the radio you did Uh, hit that delay button quick hit that delay button quick shame on you (laughs) All right, just for fun on this day in 2015 that's not that long ago this day in 2015 David Letterman made his last appearance on The Late Show. From New York, the greatest city in the world, the world. it's The Late Show with David Letterman. Letterman. Yeah, <clears throat> stupid human tricks. <laughs> Wait, didn't we say we were going to do our own version of that? Stupid human tricks? <laughs> we never did it. Yeah, last one. This day in 2015, Letterman made his last appearance on The Late Show. Now, I just wanted to pass something along to you all. To you all, Bill, to you too. Bill, you got to hear this. Yeah, I'm listening. I looked up greatest late night hosts of all time. Lots of links were available to me. I saw one that said rollingstone.com. And the headline was We polled our readers, the greatest late night hosts, and here's the result. I thought to myself, This is legit. It's Rolling Stone magazine. They polled the readers, they did a poll. It's not just one person's list. And so I clicked the link. It's the top 10 greatest late night hosts of all time. Bill, does this not sound legit to you? Rolling Stone, they did a poll of the readers. (laughs) You you got to remember a lot of their readers are uh, (laughs) high on something. It's the top 10 late night hosts (laughs) of all time. I click the link, and the first thing I see is we're counting it down from number 10 and number 10 on the list of the greatest late night hosts of all time is, drum roll please, 
I got it. Hold on a second. I got you. Okay. The, 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 <laughs> the greatest late night host of all time is Magic Johnson. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> when did he have a late night talk to? It says Magic Johnson at number 10. <laughs> Rolling Stone Rolling Stone polled its reader readers poll of the 10 best late night TV hosts of all time number 10 Magic Johnson <laughs> Maybe the readers of Rolling Stone thought it was talking about late night commercial hosts <laughs> I mean cuz he's what in every the... one of them you know All right here's the rest of the list number 9 Dick Cavett okay he's top 10 yeah. got to be There you go yeah All right hold on now they had Bill. They had Magic Johnson, number 10. Now, Dick Cavett, number nine. Okay. At number eight, Chevy Chase. That don't make no sense. It no, doesn't. It doesn't. sure doesn't. I'm telling you, it's Rolling Stones readers. You know, right. you got to consider the source, dude. <laughs> number seven, John Stewart. Number six, Jack Parr. Five, Jimmy Fallon. They've got Jimmy Fallon, number five all time. Mm-hmm. Number four, Steve Allen. Never heard of him. Now, Steve Allen was the second Tonight Show host. I think. Okay. Jack Parr was first. Three, Conan O'Brien. Okay. Yeah. Two, David Letterman. Okay. And number one. Better be JC. Johnny Carson. There you go. All right. So they got that right. Yeah, they got that one right. They got the second one right. But here's the thing. Okay, Carson number one. What happened to Leno? Leno's not on the list. Yeah, I was going to say. He according to Magic Johnson. According to Rolling Stone magazine, Jay Leno's not in the top ten all-time late-night hosts, but Steve Allen, Jimmy Fallon, Jack Parr, John Stewart, Chevy Chase, and Magic, uh, Magic Johnson are. What in the world is this? Yeah, I'm telling you. So anyway, I you know I tried my best to find a legit list. Tough. Well, I think the top three are, are naturally you know Johnny Carson, probably Letterman and Jay Leno. That's the top three right there. Yeah, that, that's got to be the top three. I mean that's it. And I got news for you. Nothing else really compares that much. I mean I know there was a Tonight Show before Johnny Carson, but it. It that wasn't was Jack Parr and, and, and Steve Allen. Okay, and Dick Cavett, it was kind of whole like a whole different kind of talk show. Let's be yeah. honest, he was. He had a lot of people like John Lennon, all those kind of folks on his show. Jimi Hendrix was on his show. Right. He did a lot of stuff like that. See, and I wondered about that. Mailman David said Leno's not liberal enough for the Rolling Stones list. Maybe so. That's, that's probably true. But okay, I grew up eighties, nineties. Listen, I, y'all can make fun of it all you want to, but I'm telling you the truth. Arsenio Hall was huge. Yeah, he was. He was huge. Monster show. That was a monster show. It was a, that's a good word for it. It was a monster show because he got anybody and anybody he wanted as a guest. And uh, Arsenio Hall, here's what I'm saying, is anybody's view of the top late night hosts of all time that doesn't include Jay Leno and Arsenio Hall Frankly, just have no clue what they're talking about. It's wrong. I mean, if Arsenio Hall had Bill Clinton on when he was running for president playing, you know, 
Saxophone. Bill Clinton, <laughs> prior to winning the presidency, played the saxophone on Arsenio Hall show. How many seasons did this thing have? I'm going to look it up here for you. I'll tell you. Hold on. Uh, Arsenio Hall show. Why can't I find how long it was on? Why is this difficult to find? It was on original. Was it on Fox? Um, I can't remember. It, was on, it wasn't on the, one of the big It looks like, uh, yeah, it looks like Fox. Yeah, I think it was on Fox. Maybe I'm looking up the wrong one. I thought it was called the Arsenio Hall Show. It was. Created by Arsenio Hall. Um, it was a 60-minute show. Yeah, okay. So it was on from 89 to 94. Oh, that's a pretty good run. Yeah, the first year, 89 to 94. And it was on Fox, which makes it. But it was a huge, humongous show. I don't know why it didn't last any longer than it did. It might have been just because it's on Fox back yeah, it then. It could have been Arsenio didn't want to do it anymore. Either. Could have been. Because, you know, he was off, still a touring comedian, too, like Jay Leno is. Yeah. I mean, but here's the thing about it now. If you go Johnny Carson 1, David Letterman 2, and I think pretty much everybody would agree with that. If you go 3, 4, and 5 are some version of Arsenio Hall, Conan O'Brien, and Jay Leno. I'm not so sure that Arsenio isn't 3 right behind Letterman. And I, I y'all can say I'm crazy. Anyway. I know that we're not, we probably shouldn't be debating this, and I didn't intend to debate this, and but it's free for all Friday. It's a free for all Friday, and here it is. I mean, we've got a list. I mean, y'all look. United States of America, status of media and content, 2022. You want a prime example of the big steaming pileup that most of it is? Is when a clickable link when all you have to do is Google it that says Rolling Stones magazine. Top 10 list polled the readers of the all-time late-night host. Doesn't include Leno. Doesn't include Arsenio. But includes Magic Johnson. Is it possible that the readers that they polled got it confused and thought that it was a poll of the top 10 all-time point guards in the NBA? That could be. All right. Put Magic on it. <laughs> but not this. And Chevy Chase. What do you do? Like one well, season? Chevy, yeah, he wasn't on very long if he was on a minute. I guess what we do is we class it. That's like, I guess it shows you how far Rolling Stone has fallen, Bill, because that's like obscure football website puts out a list of the top coaches and they do some screwy stuff in there just to get people to talk about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what that is. Let's play. Pat, Pat Sajak had a late night show for a little bit, like 30 seconds. What could I, Bill, how much? <laughs> Does anybody remember that? I don't remember that, but he sure did. Bill, yeah. how much attention? If I just want attention and clicks, if that's all I want, I'll go right now on my Twitter feed and I'll go, here are the top college football coaches in the country. Oh boy. You know, top five. Number one, Lincoln Riley. Number two, Nick Saban. Okay? If I just want clicks and attention, all you have to do is say something stupid. Yep. <laughs> and then, 
Maybe that's where we are now with lists like that. Just know this, y'all, in reality, the greatest late-night talk hosts of all time, period, the top five include Johnny Carson, David Letterman, Arsenio Hall, Conan O'Brien, and Jay Leno, period, end of story, stop the list, it's over. Don't put Fallon in there. Nobody watches it. Go look it up, the ratings for the late-night shows now, including Fallon. Nobody watches it. Does anybody know who Seth Myers is? You probably do from, from Hey, Bill, literally. <laughs> look up the ratings. Literally more people there. more people watch Seth Meyers clips on YouTube than actually watch his show. Yep. That's the honest truth. All right. Let's see what we have here. Nick says, No, Arsenio, this list is garbage. Real unnamed texture said, Arsenio was great, so funny. He was, it was great. Yep, 1989, four to five seasons. First episode was January 3rd, 1989. Oh, it actually went six seasons, okay. Uh, somebody else agrees that Arsenio's got to be top five. JB, now you got a point. JB goes, how could something like a best this or that list ever be factual? It's all opinion. It's not like there are stats. But here's the thing, JB. If you were to go the most highly rated, meaning in terms of accumulated viewers, the most highly rated late night talk show host, guess what? It's what I just said. Carson, Letterman, Arsenio, Conan, and Jay Leno. Period. End of story. None of the rest of it's close. All right, point proven. Sports next. Stick around. And now the guy who's not bald. He's just taller than his hair is. Nice hair! It's the Matt Wyatt Show. Let's go. All right, rolling along with you. You had the brush up yesterday. Not brush up. Dust up. (laughs) Hang on. And back Get up, your ups right. And back up and punt here. We had the dust up yesterday between uh, Coach Saban and Coach Fisher. And there is a story out here that has some some quotes from people all across the industry uh, in reaction to everything we saw. So not my reaction, not yours, which I think our reaction was better. But this is people who coach and who are ADs and all that kind of stuff. Um. So let me let me pass some of this along to you, okay? It's a story over to ESPN. They interviewed one coach who said this. This is another Division I coach, okay? Said, I don't know who we're playing that week, but I'll skip it to watch Alabama and Texas A&M. <laughs> I mean, let the conspiracy theories flow. Like, they did all this on purpose just to drive up interest because – Otherwise, there was going to be a nullified interest. I, you know, I'm not going on that. It's not intentional. Okay, so the, the first question, what sparked Nick Saban's comments? Was Saban upset about Texas A&M beating him on the recruiting trail, genuinely concerned about the trajectory of college football, maybe a little bit of both? And then it said there's no doubt when Saban talks, people listen. So here's a quote from one SEC athletics director. 
NIL has caused a lot of confusion and consternation. And as a league, we've got to handle issues like this, hopefully not in the public eye. This, the question that they're posing here is what sparked Nick Saban's comments the other night. A Big Ten assistant coach said, a lot of us were just talking about it, that we thought it was a call to arms. The way that they've been doing it isn't really holding up in this new age, and that's kind of what we saw it as. Everyone across the country is calling a booster to step up, and that's what I thought Nick Saban did. Uh-huh. Okay, that's a Big Ten assistant coach. Do y'all remember yesterday? How many of raise your hand? How many of us? I'm there with you. Got my hand up. Thought, mm-hmm. Saban was actually telling his guys, we, we can't keep up with him. Get your pocketbooks out. Now, I know that we're going to lose recruits because somebody else is going to be willing to pay them more. Um, but name, image, and likeness is something that's here. And I think the more supporters that we have for the University of Alabama in all sports right, that are willing to sponsor players, whatever you want to call it, use them in your business to help your business, that's going to help our programs. One Power 5 head coach said this. Nick's point, albeit valid, he's smarter than that. He usually doesn't put his hand in the hornet's nest. There was no reason to cross the line like he did. All he had to do is be macro and vague. Now listen to this. Power 5 head coach said, something happened there. Jimbo did something. And the professor did not like what the pupil did. That's a quote from a Power 5 head coach. Here's a quote from a Power 5 athletics director. Everybody knows Nick is very smart. There's a reason he's doing this. <clears throat> it's almost like for him to do this, A&M is a serious threat or even bigger. Power 5 AD said, I think he sees this as an existential crisis. He can see it, and unless something changes, that's his way of saying, you guys got to do something. I think he sees this as, man, this gap could potentially close, and he's trying to ring the alarm. Now, the, question, the next question. What was your reaction to Jimbo Fisher's deal yesterday? Here's a quote from one Big Ten assistant. I think there was like a universal 90 minutes where no one got done because they were just laughing uh, their butts off, us included. That was a Big Ten assistant. Group of five head coach said this. It's like the sequel to the best movie ever. Fisher not calling is going to offend Saban more than Jimbo saying stuff that he won't pick up the phone. I was in a meeting and we had a break. I looked at my phone and I couldn't stop laughing. That's a group of five head coach that said this. All the he's this head coach is saying that all the things that Jimbo Fisher said won't offend Nick Saban more than the fact that Jimbo Fisher wouldn't take his phone call. <laughs> Here's a quote from another Big Ten assistant. 
I've gotten texts from coaches in the Pac-12, Big Ten, SEC. The whole sport stopped whatever opponent we were scouting and ignored calls from recruits to focus on that press conference. There was a whole lot of loss of production around college football today. Wow. Now, here's a synopsis of why they asked the next question. The next one was, what does this say about the state of college football? Now, their synopsis is this. Saban's comments come at a time of great chaos in the world of big-time college football. There's a widening gap between the SEC and Big Ten and everybody else. Spurring talks of a potential college football super league. There's uncertainty over the NCAA's future following numerous legal defeats and the impending departure of President Mark Emmert. And, of course... There's NIL, sick of that, by the way, which we've seen today has caused much consternation throughout the sport. All right, so here it is. What does this say about the state of college football? Here's a quote from a Power 5 athletics director. The sport is much healthier than some of the atmosphere around it. What the heck does that mean? People are just saying what is on their minds more so than ever before, but it's not like these things haven't been said. Now, I'll take that. Yeah, they've been said. just haven't been said publicly. This Power 5 AD said there were more general, they were more general about it without naming anyone in particular. There are so many rumors out there, so many things people hear, even when some of the representatives of some of these athletes are telling coaches. It's hard to know if figures are real or if they're exaggerated. Unless, unless the people involved with the figures actually come out and make statements about it, like the guy associated with the University of Miami. This AD said, this makes for great theater, but it's one example of what concerns people behind the scenes who aren't saying it out loud. So th- this guy basically is saying, okay, what you see publicly is tip of the iceberg of the conversations going on, not in the public space and which would make sense one power five head coach quote this is unsustainable and i am incredibly concerned about where college athletics is going that's coming from a football coach and we'll be fine but the rest of it nick was right on we go down this pay for whatever path the other sports are going to die Now, take that. Look, it's one quote. You don't have to agree. Okay? But this is a head coach in the Power Five saying, if we go down this pay-for-play path, the other sports are going to die. Power Five athletics director. Literally, my initial thought was our profession has hit an all-time low. This makes coaches look like a bunch of buffoons. It's like no wonder we have the issues we have when we have adults and people in leadership positions handling stuff this way. That was a Power 5 athletics director in regards to what Jimbo Fisher did yesterday. And then more quotes uh, here. What comes next? One Power 5 head coach said, I hope it creates some urgency for a new governance structure. Our game is in complete chaos right now. And this is a result of the chaos. One Power 5 assistant said, 
What I keep coming back to from a 30,000-foot perspective is how are we going to fix any of this stuff? I know there's kind of that Twitter fun, ha-ha, this is entertainment, but to me, it stinks. The sport is literally in tatters right now. And here's two people that would have a chance to save it, and instead they are gut-punching each other. Now, one thing about the October 8th game between Alabama and Texas A&M and Tuscaloosa, one Power 5 AD said this, it better be a night game. I think it's going to be one of those highest-rated games of the year. They're going to both circle it. Nick's going to say, we're going to show them. And Jimbo is going to say, this is what these guys said about you. This Power 5 AD said, get your popcorn ready. <laughs> about that game on the 8th of October. You have coaches and ADs saying it's unsustainable. Sport is in chaos. The sport is in tatters right now. And what I think what I think is concerning is what about around here? And how do people feel about stuff around here? All right. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. A little bit of time left with you here today on this Free For All Friday in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. Mississippi State Radio Analyst. Back with you. Rolling along in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Go! With the home team. They are your home team. And staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire. Customer inspired. Uh, a little bit ago, Troll Tide. <laughs> <laughs> he um, he texted the country pleasing text line and he's giving us a synopsis of what he thinks Jimbo Fisher's pregame speech will be like before the A&M Aggies run out into the field to take on Alabama um, Troll Tide texted and said October 8th in the visitor's locker room at Bryant-Denny Stadium just before game time. Coach Fisher. Are all you millionaires too soft to beat these poor boys from Alabama? Are all you millionaires too spoiled to bother with playing this game? Are all you millionaires too afraid to sweat? All you millionaires can stay in the locker room and be comfortably rich. Anybody who's not a millionaire can run out there and kick some millionaire booty. <laughs> Good one, Troll Tide. Yeah. Millionaires and millionaires and millionaires. How do you feel about that? Is it true? Is it true? Hmm. I don't know. I, I missed one yesterday, y'all. Yesterday was the 19th of May. I missed it. 
and I wanted to play it. Yesterday was the anniversary of the day back in 1998 when Mark McGuire hit three home runs in a game against the Phillies. And when I looked up the highlights, it was Harry Callis, the late, great Harry Callis on the call for the Phillies. It was great. an RBI every 2.9 at-bats to lead the league, a home run every 7.8 at-bats to lead the league. Deep center field. Glanville watches it go out of here. Number 18 for Mark McGuire. Dead center field home run, and it's now 3-0 St. Louis. Uh-oh. And that. Wow, look at this one. Oh, my. Off the facing of the upper deck on an 0-2 pitch. Watch that, baby. Oh, man. That is an upper deck, third row of the upper deck, third home run of the night. Cardinals lead it 10 to 8, his third homer of the night, 20th of the year. Wow. The great Harry Callis in the call of two of those, the first and the third, did you hear that? So that was back in 98. That was yesterday's look back, and I, I missed it. But if you, you know, maybe it was a precursor. I was watching that yesterday because it felt like that's what Tennessee was doing last night. But um, they hit seven home runs in that game last night. McGuire hit three home runs in that one game. You go watch them. That was back in 98. There's some things that will jump out at you. And I, and I encourage you, get on YouTube and search Mark McGuire. It's M, little c, capital G-W-I-R-E. That sort of McGuire. It doesn't have a U in there. Mark McGuire, three home runs against the Phillies. And it was on this day in 98. You can watch all three. And it, it, will, it will jump out at you if you have forgotten. You had not seen it in a while. Highlights of McGuire. Just how ripped up, huge, buff this guy was. He was, I just forgotten. You don't even see it anymore. He was like, you know that that uh, that movie Troy where Brad Pitt plays Achilles and in the opening scene he runs out and just takes him like three seconds to to kill that that giant that he had to go one-on-one against out there. That giant is what Mike uh, Mark McGuire looked like back in 1998. I mean, he was just and the and then those highlights. The first one he hit out of the park was a fastball on the outside part of the plate. It was actually off the plate. And he puts the barrel out there and just hammers it out of that park to dead center field. That, then his next home run, he hits it even farther. It flies into the facing of the upper deck, and then his third home run was farther than that one, about five rows into the upper deck. You just forget what a monster he was. Oh, juiced up and everything. Man, you don't see guys that look like him playing baseball anymore. You just don't see it. Go back and look at that. He's like a wrestler. He had like a 34-inch waist, and his upper body <laughs> looked like, I mean, it's like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know. All right, uh, Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison, and in Jackson. Uh, it says Jimbo on line one. Let's see where this goes. What's up, Jimbo? Hey, man, how you doing there, man? How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good? Doing pretty good, yep. Jimbo, how are you today? You settled down? Man, I'm pretty good. I'm going to tell you this right now, man. Next segment over there with the, 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 the you know, 
all the stuff up there talking about five five players, you know, and you know, all he has to do check on that. That's it. www.com. You know, you see all the cool. <laughs> Thanks, Jimbo. Thanks, Jimbo. <laughs> Thanks, Jimbo. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, that dang old internet, man, you just go on there and point and click, get in there and talk about www.com, and you got then on there, man, you go click, 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 click. It's real easy. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Jimbo. <laughs> Great way to end a Friday. <laughs> Bill, my man started out Jimbo and then went straight into Boomhauer. <laughs> sure did. Yep. <clears throat> that is fantastic. Now you listen to me, mister. I work for a living. And I mean real work, not writing down gobbledygook. <laughs> oh, I love it. <clears throat> Earl uh, texts the show and says, McGuire and those Tennessee guys are about the same. Can you say drug test? Now, come on, Earl. Come on now, Earl. There actually is a big difference. Look up the highlight. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, look at Mark McGuire in that uniform in 1998. I had forgotten all about it, apparently. So I watched that highlight yesterday, and I was like, good grief. Forgot that he looked like this. And not only him, but Sammy Sosa also. Sosa? That home run run. Uh, it was just like. Oh, yeah. Both Sosa. of them were just buff. And, of course, we knew why. Well, sure. Bo from Brandon, <laughs> Texas, show and says uh, those were the good old days where you could tune in just to watch Sammy Barry and Mark swing the bat, miss those days, and that kind of baseball. I mean, when you – hey, again, I, I you need to look that particular highlight up. 1998, Mark McGuire, three home runs in a game against the Phillies. Three home runs in one game. You'll see the thing in that. And look at the pitch he hit out of the park on that first home run. The pitcher, I don't know what you can do. The pitcher did not throw a strike. He intentionally missed off the plate away from him. Most guys can't even reach out there with the bat. McGuire not only reaches out there, but hammers it out of the park to dead center field. Jason was a huge fan of the call from Jimbo. Jason in Flagstaff said, good Lord, Jimbo. Dude's got Mountain Dew flying out of my nose. <laughs> yeah, man, I'll tell you what, that dang old internet, man, you just go on there and point and click, get in there and talk about www.wcom, and you got then on there, man, you go click, 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 it's real easy. <laughs> An F in English? Bobby, you speak English. Hank. <laughs> okay, uh, real quick, on this day in 1996, the final episode of this show on NBC... Should have had it queued up. So. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. Okay, so Fresh Prince, Prince of Bel Air, last episode of that show on this day in '96 on NBC. The following year, uh, same day, May twentieth, nineteen ninety-seven on ABC. The final episode of. Yeah. Bill, I think I had you, you guessed this one time when I played it, didn't you? You reckon? Well, what was that again? Uh, Beaver standing here talking to you. All right. Where I'm talking to you. This show right here. 
Yeah, Roseanne. Yeah, it's a Roseanne yeah, with the, you know, this bar. Mm-hmm. Roseanne. This day in 97, final episode of that show. So there you go. There's a little Roseanne for you. Hey, you're talking to Beaver, Bill. Yesterday, you know, Beaver was here, and yeah. um, I played a lot of sound clips, which he hates. He hates that He's standing right now giving me the stink eye. Yeah. He hates all the sound clips, except when I play he's the... He's saying no, he doesn't. Well, you know, I, I, maybe maybe he's coming around. Maybe it's Maybe it's starting to grow on him, the idea that... Unlike, Matt Wyatt... Hold on, Matt hey, White. Hey, I'm just <laughs> am, am I falsely accusing you, yes. a la Jimbo Fisher? Yes, you are misrepresenting me. Okay. I don't I don't hate all sound clips, just ones that have been played seventy eight thousand times. Yeah, there you go. Uh huh. You like someone new- plays one seventy eight thousand and six times, it's 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 painfully old. Okay. <laughs> Not those though. You just yeah. you, you like things that are interesting. <laughs> I get played like once a year on an anniversary. I, I'm with that. He didn't like the same old thing. I don't think Beaver is lying. Liar, liar! Your pants are on fire! <laughs> all right. For all of us here, Beaver and Bill and Matt, y'all have a great weekend. I'll see you on Monday. See you then. 